Welcome to Rewished, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free. So we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season three. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sobanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing season three, episode 14, The Good, the Bad, and the Cursed. It originally aired on February 15, 2001, and had 5.15 million viewers. This episode was directed by Shannon Dory. So we open and we're at like one of those old west like ghost town type of places during the day. We see this crow in a tree like cawing and then a car drives in and pulls up and we see Phoebe and Victor get out and she asks him what they're doing there and he says what? Can't a father spend a little quality time with his daughter? Especially after all the time we've been apart. And he walks over and they like put their arms around each other and start walking and Phoebe says, I take after you. I've inherited all your tricks, especially your fine art of fibbing, calling herself out for all her mm-hmm. lying in the past few episodes. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he like changes the subject. He's like, tell me a little bit more about this Leo fellow anyway. How did he and Piper meet? And she says, oh, it was a couple years ago at the house. He was our handyman. And he's like, Piper's marrying a handyman? And then Phoebe realizes that he doesn't know that Leo's a white lighter and thinks he's just a mortal who knows the secret. He talks about how, like, he didn't know before him and Patty got married, so it's good that Leo does. Then we see, like, this door on one of the building opens and closes with the wind, and Phoebe notices it and then kind of, like, says that it's nothing. And Victor asks if she's getting a premonition, and it turns out that he wants her to help him because he was thinking of investing in this place, which has some ghost stories attached, and no one's done anything with the place in over 100 years. And then Phoebe starts hearing voices that Victor doesn't, and then we see, like, this transparent type of cowboy push a native man, who we find out is named Bo out of the saloon and phoebe yells what's going on but they can't hear her then the cowboy says nobody crosses mr sutter and picks up Bo from the ground and punches him and his ghost flies right through phoebe and then Bo starts running away as the cowboy like shoots at him and then victor asks what's going on and notices that her lip is bleeding and she says i wouldn't buy the place dad and he looks around so quite an intro. I love it, like, that we have an old Western, like, set kind yes. of going on here. Makes me very happy. I love that. It's kind of like when we did the 20s episode, and I was like, I love, like, the 20s aesthetic. I love the Western aesthetic, too. Me, too. Like, both aesthetics are so, so much fun, so cute, which is why every time we have episodes like that, I live for it. Yeah. You listeners don't know this, but, like, I own a cowboy hat. I have a cowboy vest. Like, I really love the Western look. I think it's so cute. Yeah, she's very much into it. So we both were very excited about this episode. But funny that we have Victor again. I know. He's here. He's back, I guess. I guess he's keeping his promise about staying involved in their lives. Yeah, that makes me really happy to see. Makes me happy, too. And, of course, 
him not knowing about Leo being a white lighter when Patty was with her white lighter definitely not I'll have more to say about that later for sure for now you know I'll just yeah kind of say it exists it is a thing yes but aside from that the whole ghost running through and this bow situation obviously going to be a big factor um and I'm looking forward to see how the episode goes and plays into that Yeah, and the way there's obviously going to be some connection between him and Phoebe, as we can tell from her getting the split lip in this scene. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm interested in this whole Phoebe and Victor dynamic that's being established. Um, I think it's cute, and I'm interested to see how it continues to develop. Me too. So then we go to the theme song, and after that we go back to the manor and are in the dining room. And Piper is finishing up setting the table, and it looks all fancy with flowers in the middle and a tablecloth and really nice dishes. Then Prue walks in and says, wait a minute, we have one too many place settings. And Piper's like, no, we don't. And she's like, you, me, Leo, Phoebe, Dad, that's five. We have six. Who's the sixth for? And she was like, um, maybe, a uh, mom. And she's like, what? It's my wedding. At least she could be here in spirit, if nothing else. And then Prue hugs her and says, yes, she can be. Then Leo orbs in and says that everything looks great. And she's like, Leo, can't you see we're having a sister moment? And he's like, oh, sorry, do you want me to go? And she's like, no, I want you to help. This is your rehearsal dinner too, you know. And Prue says, so Leo, you nervous? Only one more week before, dum-dum-da-dum. And he's like, uh, well, as long as no demons come bursting through the door until then, I'm fine. And then Victor from outside says Prue, Piper, and then the door opens, and him and Phoebe come in, and Piper's like, you had to jinx it, and they all go over to Victor and Phoebe. So, I like this scene. Um, I think it's really cute, the way Prue's really understanding about Piper wanting to include their mom here. We kind of saw the opposite of that in last episode, so. Yeah, quite the opposite of her agreeing with her being in spirit. Yeah. Also, I love the way, like, they call out the little sister moment and Leo's like, oh, like, do you want me to leave? Yeah, I know. Like, oh, sorry. But no. Help. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. Why do men think they don't have to help with these kinds of things? To your wedding too, Leo. It is. Pay attention. (laughs) Help out a little bit. He's all. But yeah, no, I like this scene. It was just a very cute general scene setting up the whole rehearsal dinner situation. Yeah. So then we're over in the entryway and we see that Phoebe has like a napkin on her lip and Prue asks what happened and she says that she's fine and Victor says he doesn't know and Phoebe says I got into a bar brawl. Well, actually I didn't. Two cowboys did. Bo and some other guy. I didn't catch his name. But I think he was the bad guy because he was wearing a black hat. Oh, and they were transparent. And Victor starts saying he wouldn't have taken her there if he knew. And Leo's like, here, let me take care of that. And Phoebe says, no, I'm all right. And Victor looks confused. And Phoebe tells Victor to go get the town files from the car. So he leaves. Mm -hmm. Then Phoebe's like, dad doesn't know that Leo is a white lighter. And Prue and Leo are both like, what? And Piper like smiles awkwardly and says, well, I've been meaning to tell him. But considering mom had an affair with her white lighter, I didn't think he'd be really receptive to the idea. And Leo's like, Piper, he's going to kill me when he finds out. And Piper's like, oh, don't be ridiculous. You're already dead. (laughs) 
Then Victor walks back in with a box and says that it's some background information that he got for the investment and that he doesn't think it'll help. But Phoebe says, well, you're the one who called it a ghost town. And since Bo fell through me and I ended up with the same split lip he had, Bruce says, sounds like a ghost to me. And then Leo starts giving some facts about ghosts and Piper like makes a noise. He's like, I mean, I've read it in books. It's obviously not my area of expertise. Victor says, mine either. What do you say we let the sup- leave the supernatural stuff to the pros and go grab a bite? So they leave and Piper says, great, now I'm dead. And then Prue says they need to focus on Phoebe and Piper goes to get the book and makes a joke about needing to get a drink too. Mm-hmm. All right. So I love this whole scene, them being so secretive about Leo being a white lighter and having to conceal it from Victor. I'm surprised that it hasn't come up in front of him before. Oh, I guess we, yeah, no, she has not really met him. Or I mean, he hasn't really met him. Yeah, it was really only that one time towards the end of the episode. Right, the new ice cream man. Yes. Exactly. That is kind of funny. So I like this whole dynamic of all of that. Um, And then obviously them trying to figure out about this ghost town and why this is happening to Phoebe and how they can fix this. Yes. And I'll have more to say about this later when him and Leo actually talk about it. But, like, the way they're saying that, like, Patty had an affair with her white later, like, yeah, it's very clearly been established that Victor left because of whatever happened with Grams. Mm-hmm. And then later, Patty and Sam got together. Yeah, that's not, she didn't have an affair with him. Yeah. But I don't think, I mean, later in the episode, they when Victor talks about it, I mean, yeah, we could talk about it more then, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't even say that she had an affair. No, he just like, we'll, we'll talk yeah, about we'll it talk when, about we, get when we get there. But, um, but yeah, no, so aside from that, the whole rest of this scene, I feel like it's a lot of them trying to figure out what's going on and all be on the same page about it. Obviously, that slight little Victor and Leo don't know about each other kind of thing. And I think that's all I really have to say there, kind of waiting till more happens. Yeah, I mean, most of this is plot. Um, We get kind of, you know, what we could already see, which was the connection between Phoebe and the ghost. You know, her little idea that one of them's a bad guy because of the black hat, which right. is one of my favorite things about Westerns is the way they establish, like, the idea that good guys dress in all white and, like, bad guys dress in all black. Right. I love that. It's funny to me. Yeah. Also, I just want to call out Victor a little bit for being like, if I knew, I never would have brought you there. You literally brought her there specifically to see if it was haunted. Exactly. Like, like you quite literally did bring her there for that. Don't, don't fib right now. Fabricating the past right mm-hmm. now. So, then we move to the this diner, and Victor and Leo are sitting at a table, and Victor says, so Phoebe says you're a handyman. And he's like, oh, uh, actually, no, I'm a doctor. Not a doctor doctor, per se. More like a counselor doctor. I guide people. And he's like, you make good money? And Leo says, uh, honestly, no, it's it's more of a calling. And Victor says, Leo, I think it's time to come clean. I need to talk to you about something man to man, from one mortal to another. It's not easy being married to a witch. That's why my marriage to Piper's mother didn't work out. It wasn't because I didn't love her. It was because I wasn't prepared for what was to come. I want this marriage to succeed. That's why I'm warning you. But there are dangers out there worse than demons and warlocks. The dangers I'm talking about, you're not even going to see coming. 
The thing I'm talking about will just sneak up on you and destroy your marriage if you're not careful. Leo, do you know what a white lighter is? And then he looks away. <laughs> oh my god, the drama here was beautiful. No, I love it. Um, It's so funny, like, all the build-up to, like, that. Leo, do you know what a white lighter is? I know, just for a white lighter. Wor- okay, I mean, a bit dramatic, though. Worse than demons and warlocks. Like, yeah. come on. No. Yeah, I don't know. He is a that. high drama king, honestly. I know, seriously. Living for it, and that's, that's like, where they all get it from. Piper gets her super yep. dramatic tendencies from. That's what I was saying, that's where they all get it from, Victor. <laughs> that's crazy. But I love this, and Leo trying to be, like, very concealing, like, concealed about it. He's like, I'm a doctor. Well, not a, not a doctor, you know, like a counselor. Yeah, like, doesn't really know what to say. <laughs> oh my god, this is perfect. Also, the way that, like, the first thing Victor asks about is, like, do you make good money? Because, you know, he wants him to take care of Piper. I know, that is sweet. But also, Piper is a business owner, so she doesn't need a man to take care of her. Exactly. So then we're back in the living room at the manor, and Prue is looking through the documents, and Piper's looking in the book. Phoebe's laying back on the couch and notices that there's, like, a huge bruise on her side, and they assume it's also from bow but they're not really sure how or why they're connected just that it has something to do with the history of the town phoebe mentions that the cowboy said something to bow about someone named sutter maybe he's a demon then prue notices that nothing in the documents is dated after april 25th 1973 it's almost like time just stopped and piper's like so everybody just died she's like no like stopped moving forward literally It wouldn't be the first time we've come across a time loop. And Phoebe says that they vanquished that demon, like referring to Tempest, but he wasn't vanquished. He was just moved out of their time. Right. But whatever. And then Piper finds a page about time loops and says that maybe it's a curse and that certain spiritual traditions believe that a great evil or great injustice can be cursed into a time loop until it's righted. And Phoebe thinks that their job is to right the wrong then, and the doorbell rings. So, first of all, I thought they said something about um, the town never, it's been like a hundred years that nobody's done anything, but it stopped in 1973? 1873, so it's been over a hundred years. Oh. Oh. I. Yeah, so you said that, and I was like, I'm like, maybe she meant 1873. I did, I did. I apologize. Sometimes I make typos in my notes. It's okay. (laughs) I was a little confused because I was like, I feel like it was. Yeah, so it's been 20 years. The Old West was actually in the 70s. I know, that's why I was like, (laughs) this can't be right. But anyways, aside from that, I kind of like that, you know, the whole, oh, we have to go there and right the wrong. And, you know, it's got everything stopped and that it might possibly be a time loop. Yeah. I love that. That's very interesting. I know, this is kind of the first time, I mean, we've technically been through the time loop, but that was with a demon going after them. We've never, like, seen someone stuck in a time warp like that, you know? Like, that's really cool. If that is what's going on, which, I mean, they assume so, so. Yes. I'm also going to bring something up because it is mentioned for the first time here. Um, They talk about how certain spiritual traditions believe this. And the episode is doing some cultural appropriation here that I don't know if they're kind of like doing the research or things they should be doing to talk about Native American traditions. Based on the history of this show, I'm going to assume they're not. 
and you know could be slightly inaccurate and offensive but wait where because as we're going to learn later in the episode it's like from Bo's dad that this curse came so they're saying that like the Native American people like created this curse basically because of the injustice done onto them by the white people so they're making it kind of like this revenge narrative which could be slightly offensive i never saw it as i didn't even really thought about that yeah i didn't know it was Bo's dad that caused the curse he mentioned he says it later we can talk more about it when we get to it but it's just since they're mentioning it here and they're saying certain spiritual traditions it's very clear right what what they're they're doing yeah Mm -hmm. so after the doorbell rings in the entryway, Prue goes to open the door, and it's Cole with flowers, and he walks right in, and he's like, hey, Prue, long time. Is Phoebe home? And next thing you know, all you see from the living room is Cole going flying into the room, and then Phoebe gets up and is like, what the hell? And then he says hi and gives her the flowers, and Prue is like, what the hell are you doing here? Do you have some kind of death wish? And he said, well, I told Phoebe last week I wasn't giving up on her, and I meant it. And he's all smiley, like, with her, and Piper's like, you talked to Phoebe, he talked to you? And Prue's like, you said that he was alive, you never said that he was back. And Phoebe said, it didn't matter, because as I told him, I don't want anything to do with him anymore. And Prue says, well, in that case, and then she's about to throw him again, but Piper stops her and says, I just set that table, we don't have any time to buy a new one before dinner. And Cole says, I'm not going to use my powers against you anyways. In fact, I'm never going to use them again, ever. It keeps me from being evil. And Prue says, no, you will always be evil. You're a demon. And he says, half demon. My human half can suppress it. If And then he notices Phoebe's hurt and asks what happened. And she tells him it's none of his business and starts to tell him to get lost. But then she has a premonition of Bo being shot and throwing a knife at the cowboy. And she falls to the ground and her sisters catch her and she tells them that she thinks she's been shot and they all look at her and then at each other and as like there's blood all over her. So that took a turn. Yeah. Real quick. Real quick. (laughs) So the way Cole just waltzes right in like he belongs there. Nothing happened. Top tier comedy. I love it. Phenomenal like so normal like oh hey bro what's going on like sweetie, and like then when he just comes flying into the room so funny so well done hilarious that was perfect also That's when cool. he's just like being all smiley at phoebe i was like swoon i know like kind of cute honestly like he like, really does you want to know why he gets away with all of this because he's so fucking good looking he is he's so fine he's like, so fine and he's so charming like enough yeah but then of course that's the last thing they really have to focus on because now Phoebe's been shot because Bo was shot. Yes. And they've got some sort of psychic link. Yeah, which is clear because it came from a premonition rather than a direct interaction like last time. The only other thing I'll mention here is the way, you know, she was keeping it a secret that they talked. Now her sisters know. Mm -hmm. And of course, she's still saying she wants nothing to do with Cole and Prue is very much convinced that Cole can never be good. And right. maybe we'll see more of that going forward, or at least in this episode. Exactly. Agreed. Looking forward to seeing how it goes and how the situation progresses. Yeah. So then we're back at the diner, and Victor's saying, The thing is, they can orb into their charges' lives any time of the day or night without us mortals even knowing about it. 
You can't trust the white lighters, Leo. They're sneaky little bastards. And Leo's like, really? Because Piper says they're really, really good guys, more of like guardian angels. He says, that's the party line, Leo, but don't believe it. You can't trust them. They have this tendency to fall in love with their charges. Before you know it, they've stolen your wife. The girl's mother, Patty, she fell for her white lighter. And Leo says, I thought that happened after you two separated. He says, oh, he was putting the moves on her long before we split up, believe me. And you know, we never had a chance to get back together because of him. And uh, you know, then she died. Look, my point is, if you want to, and then Leo hears the white lighter jingle, and he says, I have to go now. And I don't think you're going to like the way I have to go either. And he like smiles awkwardly and just orbs out in the middle of the restaurant. And Victor is shocked. As I imagine all the other humans in the restaurant are as well. <laughs> yeah. like What was that, Leo? Like, I get it for the plot, but what? No, literally. Like, you couldn't have gone to, like, the bathroom or the back hall or outside I know, or literally anywhere. Right in the open. Like, what a good way Gotta to go. Gotta go. Bye. Yeah. See ya. Vanishes. Not great. So, again, they're making it very... I mean, yeah, Leo was like, that happened after you separated, right? And he was like, oh, well, he was putting the moves on her. It's obviously coming from a jealousy standpoint, which is, like, you know, understandable. I feel like guys tend to do that a lot and make things sound different than they actually yeah were. like he's trying to make it seem like you didn't leave your wife and then they got together like he like was like swooping in right like that's not kind of how that went but um also the whole well we couldn't get back together because of him Come okay on. yeah i don't know about all that maybe mm-hmm. don't be on and off with your wife then victor yeah i know would be a better husband father next time <laughs> But that is so funny, the way he's just shitting on him and the whole time Leo's like, uh... He's like, well, Piper told me! Yeah, like, well, based on what I heard... But, you know, that they have a tendency to fall in love with their charges. That was good. I that was so it. good. I was like... I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> true. Uh, so far, every white lighter we've met, except Natalie, fell in love with their charge. So. Yeah. <laughs> Still can't deny it. Be that way. <laughs> So now we are in the living room back at the manor, and Phoebe is just on the couch dying, and Leo orbs in right next to Cole and looks at him and says, what the hell are you doing here? And Prue says, forget about him, Leo. Phoebe's been shot. And he's very confused, and he tries to heal her, but it won't work because Bo was actually the one that got shot, not her. And he says, it's a psychic echo. Phoebe is linked to Bo somehow. Whatever he feels, whatever happens to him, happens to her. And Cole says, which means Bo must be magical too. The only way they can be linked is through their magic. And Leo says, I agree. And Cole says, we have to find Bo, heal him. It's the only way. And Piper says, well, he's been cursed into a time loop along with the rest of the town, and we don't know how to get there. And Cole says, it must be a parallel plane. And Prue's like, you know, we don't really need your input. And Cole says, if I can help save Phoebe's life, then you sure as hell do. And Leo says, we're listening. And he says, look, I move through different planes all the time. It's how I've been hiding from the source. It shouldn't be any problem to shimmer into Bo's plane, bring him here so you can heal him. And Piper says, you said you don't use your powers anymore. And Cole says, shimmering isn't a lethal power. Then Phoebe asks why he doesn't, like, why doesn't he take Leo so he can heal Bo there? And Leo says, I can't. I'm not allowed to work with a demon. 
and Prue says that she'll go, and Piper's worried that she won't make it back by midnight and get stuck in the time loop, and she says she's not worried about that. And then she says that Piper and Leo should go to the town and see if they can find anything to help break the curse. Then Phoebe tells Cole and Prue to play nice, and Cole says, you gotta hold my hand. And Prue's like, this already sucks. And they grab each other's hands and shimmer out. <laughs> I love this. I so do So it's too. gonna be Cole and Prue. That is phenomenal to me. It is. And I mean, it's probably because they're dating in real life, but the chemistry between these two is immaculate. And like, I love every yeah. interaction they have together in this episode, beginning with this one. Oh my God, I forgot they dated in real life. They were dating at this time? Yeah. <laughs> That is hilarious. Or at least, like, they were about to date if they right. weren't already together, but yeah. And then the whole- It was during season three that they were dating. Phoebe and Leo, too, during the Piper thing. That's so funny that they have to act so different. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, but I love it. So I like this whole idea of, like, you know, they have that psychic echo and that they can't heal Phoebe because it didn't happen to her. So they have to go into this time loop and kind of figure figure it out from there. And how Prue and Cole are gonna have to be the ones that work together yeah beautiful to me it's nice to see like Leo going back to his character because I remember we talked about last episode when he's like too bad we can't work with a demon and now he's like I could never work with a demon right exactly he's like too bad that demon's not here to help us and then he, now he's like I'm not allowed to work with a demon sorry to say like quite the switch up yeah I do wonder how if that becomes a consistent thing because if Cole comes back into their lives Leo's gonna be around so how would that go you know yeah I guess we'll have to see how if they ever do or don't you know yeah we'll have to keep an eye on whether or not we ever see them working closely together exactly because I mean not to spoil things but I feel like we're all getting the sense that Cole's gonna be around for a right bit. Cole, Cole's gonna be around for a little bit I honestly don't even remember if we do see them actually working like super close together or anything but I'm definitely curious to keep that in mind you know when watching in the future yeah definitely if like it's just kind of like they both work with the sisters or if they ever have to team up exactly anything. yeah but i mean overall this scene just works really well the connection of magics and Bo being magical is interesting and i'm excited to see like more of what'll happen with him and phoebe hopefully she doesn't keep getting hurt because of him because poor phoebe i know poor phoebe very sad and poor Bo but like of course but yeah. we don't know Bo we don't yeah we don't him. know him yet <laughs> <laughs> so then we're in the manor in the living room and Victor comes in yelling he's like Leo you lying little piece of and Piper's like dad not now stay with Phoebe we'll be back and Leo wraps his arms around her and they orb out and he looks at Phoebe and she's like well don't get mad at me I've been shot yeah <laughs> Comedy in this episode is so top tier. Like it the is. writing here is so spot on. They do they do such a good job in this episode. It's honestly one of my favorites of the season. But um one of my favorites of the entire show. Yeah, honestly, honestly me too. But yeah, no, that was just kind of a little comical moment going on there. Exactly. And you know, giving us that idea that Piper and Leo are gonna follow the plan and go to town, and obviously Victor's gonna be there to take care of Phoebe for the time being. Exactly. So now outside of the ghost town, Prue and Cole arrive and she can't believe that it worked. And then we hear a gunshot and he pulls Prue back into an alley and they're like weirdly close. And he's like, 
like surrounding her and talking very close to her face and he's like welcome to the wild wild west and she's like um just so we're clear i'm in charge here you're just my ride and he says fine with me what's your plan and she says fine bow lay low and he thinks that he has a better plan but first they need new clothes and then she pushes him away from her and they see a dead body being laid out so so inappropriately close to each i other. hated that like like i would never like be like with your boyfriend i know like literally touching and he's like got his arms like surrounding her it's like very very weird yeah. and they stay like that for like the entire conversation why yeah like as soon as she was safe you should have just okay moved back yeah. and had a conversation like normal people right i mean i do i will say it's nice to see him consider her safety again yeah another plus but yeah that was like a really weird intimate moment that did not need to happen and it did not work for me and again it's like the chemistry between them is so strong that like creating that scene creates this like weird sexual tension that i don't want to be there between i know crew and cole because bleh. yeah like if that was the situation was supposed to be with them they would work so well together but the fact that it's supposed to be with phoebe and like you know that's our sister it it just comes across really weird. Like, why would you ever put that in there? Nobody wants to see that happen between them. No, not at all. Like, I'm not sitting here rooting for them. Yeah. Though I do really love the conversation. I don't love the closeness, but like, you know, the through really establishing those, like, I'm in charge, you're just here. And him being like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I like, it definitely uh, fits their character, you know, and the conversation works really well for me. That's honestly probably the one main negative thing I'd have to say about all this is just just the closeness. It's yeah, a little weird. Definitely. So then we're at the saloon and we see Cole and Prue walk in wearing cowboy outfits. And Cole says, I still think you should have worn that pretty little red dress drying on the line. She says, yeah, that was a prostitute's dress. Not exactly the kind of impression I wanted to make. At least I'm not wearing some dead guy's clothes. He says, I thought you'd be pleased. At least I'm playing the role of a good guy. She says, yeah, right. Okay, just fact-finding. No getting involved. And they walk up to the bar, and she tries to order moonshine. And the bartender like, what? And Cole's like, you watch too many old movies. And she says, you'd be confusing me with Phoebe. He says, mm, not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Then... The bartender asks Cole, and you can tell because he's looking literally only at Cole as he talks, and says, are you guys just passing through? Cole says, maybe. And he says, maybe if you're not, you ought to consider it. Things are getting pretty dangerous around here. Friendly advice, wet your whistle, get back on your horses, and move on as fast as you can. Then Prue calls him out for ignoring her and asks what's so dangerous, and he laughs and says, it's nothing to concern your pretty little head about. And she starts to say something, but Cole reminds her that they're trying to lay low. And then he asks what's the dangerous thing, and the bartender tells him that there's some trouble with a powerful man in town, and Prue asks Sutter. He's like, how do you know about Sutter? She says, this pretty little head knows a lot, so why don't you talk to both of us now? Tell us what's going on. And so he starts looking between the two of them as he's talking and says, one of Sutter's men just got killed, and now there's going to be hell to pay. Then the door opens and they all look and three guys walk in, one of them with a big gun. And then we see a native woman looking at the door 
then some black boots with spurs slowly walk in as like this music plays and it's really intense and the doors open slowly and we see a man dressed all in black and a whip in his hand and everyone looks terrified and the man says where is he i've already taken liberty to print up the evening edition just so you know how serious this is and he holds up the paper which says half breed to die at sundown yikes then he walks over to the woman and says you know where your little brother's hiding now don't you she says even if i did i'd never tell you i'm not afraid of you mr sutter he says well if you were smart you'd be of course your kind are not are they yikes again and prue's about to step in but cole holds her back and he turns to this guy and, and the guy says i haven't seen Bo, mr sutter i swear not since he took off. Then Sutter nods to one of his guys who walks over and just stabs this dude in the hand. And Sutter says, you lie to me again, Cal, and I'll do worse than this. Then Prue walks over and is like, what's wrong with you people? And like pulls the knife out of his hand and pushes the guy into a table. And Sutter says, lady, I don't know who you are or where you come from, but you obviously don't have the slightest idea who you're dealing with. She says, oh, please, what a cliche. And the guy gets up and walks over saying he doesn't usually hit women, but since she's dressed like a man, he'll make an exception and goes to take a swing at her and she just kicks his ass. And then this guy pulls a gun and shoots at her and she grabs two and Cole grabs one and they have this like big standoff and Sutter tells his guys that they'll deal with these two later after they take care of Bo. And one guy looks at Cole and says, this ain't over. You and me, we got a score to settle. And they all back away to the door, and then Sutter threatens to burn the town to the ground looking for Bo, and they leave. Cole says, so much for laying low. And Prue says, yeah. Ooh, what a scene here. Things getting hot and heavy. I loved this scene so much. Even, of course, because I already know you're going to bring it up, the little racist uh, half-breed and your kind. But... To be fair, I think they're impersonating how people treated yes. them. And Sutter is supposed to be a bad guy. Exactly. So they're painting the racism. Like, this is a way to depict racism well in a show, is you're clearly making the person doing it a villain. Of, yeah, not like one of the good guys saying something like this. Like, it's very yeah. obviously... Like, it's clear the bad. show doesn't condone exactly. what's going on. Exactly. And then, Prue, good try, but... I knew she wasn't going to be able to not get involved. Yeah, no, definitely not. Going back to the beginning of the scene, I mean, you know, the whole prostitute dress thing, like the way Prue's being treated as a woman in this time is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think it shows a lot of the ways that like times have changed, but they also haven't because we've seen so many times in the show, the sisters having to fight for things because they're women. Yeah, it's definitely not a new thing. It's not something that, ever fully has gone away even now but you can definitely see the difference how way back then it was like they weren't even a consideration you know like like oh don't worry your pretty little head like just talking cole and yeah and the way like prue as a modern independent woman reacted to that right. was really interesting and well done in this scene and he had to kind of be like hey you're trying to blend in here you can't you can't do that you know but also interesting that a woman of this time mm -hmm. was just as willing to stand up. Oh, yeah. And I really liked seeing that because it shows that 
these women who were boundary pushers and strong mm-hmm. have always existed. It's not just because Prue is from the 90s that she's like that. Right. This is what got us to the point that we are at is women like that, you know? Exactly. So I definitely enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed the whole drama of Sutter and like the whole cowboy walking in and the standoff. Like it, it worked really well for me. It felt very like old Western, like iconic you know yes and I just have to give Shannon Darty so much props because she did direct this episode so yeah. obviously all of this is coming from her creative mind mm-hmm. and it is gorgeous to look at it's really well put together the music the shots everything the slow motion yep. use throughout the scene it's really well done living for it I really am so I definitely enjoyed and them talking about the danger we know something's going on in this town Sutter's trying to take over And for some reason, we still don't know why, but he's after Bo. Yes. And of course, we're also getting that sibling connection, which will be interesting Mm -hmm. because this girl wants to protect her brother. And of course, Prue's goal is to save Phoebe. Exactly. So now outside, still in the ghost town, Cole and Prue are walking out with Bo's sister, Isabel, and she's telling them that Sutter's been there a couple of months and promised to bring the railroads in for a piece of the mines bank and paper and then said people used to stand up to him and his boys until they killed the sheriff and now he's after Bo because he was trying to convince everyone else to keep fighting and take back the town then prue tells her they know bo's been shot and they can help her but she needs to trust them and she says i do Bo said you'd come he saw it in one of his dreams And she tells them that their father also had dreams of the future. When their father died and they moved to this town, their mom didn't want Bo to talk about his gift. She knew that magic was considered evil in the white man's world. And Prue says, yeah, I know what it's like to have a gift that you can't have to keep a secret. And Cole says, yeah, and live in a place where you have to hide half of who you are. And then she leads them to three horses And they start to get on, and Cole says, you know, I say we eliminate the threat first. Kill Sutter. Probably break the curse anyway. And she says, yeah, well, we don't know that, which is why we need to go to Bo first. You know, Cole, if you want to try your hand at being good, your first instinct shouldn't be to kill. And they all ride off, and Cal watches them and gets on his horse to follow. So here we're clearly finding out what the connection between Phoebe and Bo is. They both have this psychic ability. Yeah. So I like that. I like that we're finding that out. I love Isabel kind of immediately trusting them and knowing like, you know, you must be the people that he was talking about and just have having that faith and that instinct and preparing for them. And of course, Cole's little comment at the end, it felt right, you know, that he's not just fully knowing how to be completely good, you know, that his first instinct still is to just get rid of the threat and proves like, well, to be good, that's not how we do things, you know, not when you're good and you can tell on his face when she says it like it kind of hit him a little bit yeah yeah definitely I think he's realizing what we were talking about last episode which is his motivations are still very selfish his only goal here is to save Phoebe exactly like I don't think he really cares about Bo he just cares that Phoebe doesn't die exactly whereas Prue wants to help Bo just as much as she wants to help Phoebe right wants to save everybody the whole situation wants to save the town yes also interesting thing with Cole here um when he talks about having to live in a place where you have to hide half of who you are is he talking about having to hide his human half in the demonic world 
Or is he talking about now trying to suppress his demonic half to be good? I think he's talking about suppressing the demonic half, but both could work because he knows how both ways feel, you know? Yeah, because I was kind of, initially, I was like, well, he's talking about trying to be good. But then I'm thinking and I'm like, I actually lean more towards him talking in the other way because that's an experience he's had for a long time. Like Mm -hmm. for so long, he talks about, because even last episode, he was talking about it, having to suppress his human side in order to blend in in the demonic Demonic world. world, Right. Yeah, you're right. That could very well be the case because I didn't even consider that. Yeah, because the way that they're talking about it here, what's happening is a negative thing, right? Like, right. They have to hide their culture to blend in in the white town. Right. So, so he had to bad hide to... his good side, we'll say, mm-hmm. to blend in in the demonic world. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I definitely get what you're saying. That would make a little more sense, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, obviously something's going on with this guy, Cal. We got to keep an eye on him. I know. Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> it feels like a rat to me. Yeah. That's the vibe I'm getting. And then, of course, you know, we get Sutter's backstory that they killed the sheriff and that. That's how he gained his kind of control and power. over. Yes. And so his beef with Bo is because Bo wants the people to stand up for themselves. Exactly. So then we're still in the ghost town, but we flash to modern day and we see that crow on the roof again. And Piper and Leo are walking around, but they're not really sure what they're looking for. Leo says that they need to find something so that they can get back to the rehearsal dinner. Um, so why is that the priority right now, Leo? What the hell? But whatever. So Piper says there's not going to be a rehearsal dinner or a wedding if we don't find a way to save Peavy. Thank you. Yeah. And then she notices that the crow lands on top of the saloon and they decide to go in. And he makes a joke about bringing a nerve tonic back for Victor because, you know, he doesn't like that he was a wineliner. And then they notice this newspaper, and it's the same one that Sutter was holding up. And they see that the person who was going to be killed is Bo Lightfeather and realize that Prue and Cole don't have until midnight, and neither does Phoebe. Dun, dun, dun. So them going to this town, even though it was modern day, actually did serve a purpose, and they came to a realization. So I like this scene. Not super, a little weird that Leo said that, but glad piper backed her up and um because usually i feel like we see piper doing that yeah having the one track focus exactly having to be corrected by somebody but here it's leo yeah you know he's picking up on her bad habits you're like oh the rehearsal dinner what about phoebe's life literally did you ever consider that <laughs> it's not maybe uh victor's right about these white lighters being no good awful i only get bad vibes from them <laughs> <clears throat> also the crow just like being helpful like shout out to you crow yeah seriously iconic <laughs> this guy is, he, it knows what it's doing obviously meaningful we keep seeing him some sort of like token or omen of you know the time loop yeah yeah that's the vibe i'm getting from the crow though like honestly and we could talk about this at the end of the episode but i'm not really sure what the crow represents yeah it feels really... a little random to me it was definitely like he was pretty and it was cute but i was like i don't feel like there's a direct symbolism that really becomes clear yeah no they don't they don't really clarify anything like that but i mean i just had to make the assumption because it always is lingering yeah weird maybe that's like what is 
what can break the time loop kind of thing like when he like the crow is the only thing that exists outside of it yeah or something like that and can like I don't know. You know what? We'll have to talk about that once we get there. Maybe talk about our own ideas about it. Okay. But anyways, back in the living room at the manor, Phoebe's laying on the couch and she's like in really rough shape. And Victor brings her some water and sits with her and he wants her to talk to him and she tells him that she's dying and it's something that she can feel deep inside her. She can't explain it. And he said, your sisters are not going to let that happen. I am not going to let that happen. And then Piper and Leah orb in, and Victor looks at them, and Piper asks how she is, and Victor says she's going to be fine. They tell him they found out that Bo dies at sundown, and they have an idea on how to let Prue know. And Leo said, Phoebe, if you're getting visions from Bo, maybe he can get one from you. Then Piper pulls out the paper and wants her to try to get a premonition about his death so that he can see it too, so he can tell Prue and Cole. And Victor says, I thought you said you can't always get premonitions when you want. And she says, I can't. And Piper's like, but you can try. And she hands her the paper and Phoebe holds it and is shaking really bad and closes her eyes. At least the effort's there. Poor Phoebe. I know. To have to do all that while you're dying and like try to force your magic and everything. I know. And the way like Victor's like, I won't let that happen cute fatherly but like how the hell are yeah, you actually like, gonna pull gonna that do? off yeah, like she's gonna be fine is she though like yeah. do you really know that i don't know i mean we're hoping so but yeah she's not looking like she's gonna be fine like something tells me they're not gonna kill off one of the main characters but like i would hope not who knows god only knows then we'll just have the power of two i the guess power from of now two, on. we'll just have to do like we have four more seasons but <laughs> it's just two people after that Yep. I mean, it's a good plan to try to get a message yeah. to Bo, but we'll see how that works out. Exactly. So then we're back at the ghost town and we're outside and in the past. And Cole says, any idea what we should say to him? Prue says, you're not going to say anything. I'm doing the talking. He's like, you know, it wouldn't kill you to be nice to me. She's like, really? It's funny that you should say that considering how many times you actually tried to kill me. True. Yeah. And he's like, that's all in the past, Prue. Like, God, Prue, just move on. Yeah, get over it. Come on. And she laughs and says, right. After all this is done, you need to leave us alone. Otherwise, we'll have to do what we should have done in the first place, which is vanquish you. He says, then that's what you're going to have to do, because it's the only way you're going to keep me away from Phoebe. Um, Psychotic, but also kind of romantic. Literally, like, I'm kind of loving that. That is so hot. And then Isabel walks over and asks them if they're ready to go in and notices them staring each other down and asks if something's wrong. And Prue's like, no, nothing I can't handle. And they all walk in towards the building. So I love this little scene between them and the energy between him and Prue and him being so like hellbent on whatever you want, Prue. But like, I'm here for Phoebe and I always will be like, yeah, kind of love it. Definitely. That's like more it's toxic behavior, kind but... of stalkery kind of toxic mm-hmm. like phoebe's told you multiple times to leave her alone like if she didn't later i mean spoiler to the end of the episode decide that she's okay with this like it would start to get really really creepy yeah, like, and yeah. not okay like he needs like the demonic form of a restraining order right, right. now. right yeah like serious advice to anybody if someone tells you um that they don't want you around don't continue pursuing them 
even if you feel or know that they actually do want you there and do still love you, if they're trying to better themselves and move forward without you, you gotta let them do it. Yes, and the truth is, if they really want you, they'll come back. Exactly. Let them do that. Don't be like, I'm never going away. Right. Too toxic. Just just let it, let it happen. Just be good. Do what you need to do. Take care of yourself. And then maybe it'll happen. Yeah. Like, maybe go off on your own and do some actual good deeds. And then maybe she'll actually be a little more drawn to you then. Yeah. Instead of forcing your way back. I mean, it is kind of cute, but also a bit much sometimes. Like, in a story, it's romantic. In real life, it's creepy as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's always how it goes. <laughs> I also like the way that this kind of mirrors uh, Phoebe and Cole's scene from last episode where she was like, if you don't leave, I'm going to vanquish you. And now Prue's like, if you don't leave, I'm going to vanquish you. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like it too. And it shows those similarities between their characters that I feel like we always talk about. Right. I definitely agree. And I, I do overall just love this little moment here. Yeah. Again, the chemistry between these two is really good. I love the enemies, like, yeah, vibe that the they have. Intensity. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's great to watch on screen. It is. So now we're in this old church um, that's kind of like looks abandoned, and there's a dove cooing up on the roof. And they open the stained glass doors and walk in. Then Isabel tells them he's very weak and that she couldn't get the bullet out. And then they approach him where he's lying there with a blanket in the corner and he looks at them upset and says, what's the matter with you? Who the hell are they? And she's like, it's okay. They've come to help. And Prue says, just like in your vision, remember? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Isabel says, Bo, I told them. And he turns and looks at her and says, too much, apparently. Then turns to Prue and says, we don't need your help. Just leave now. And Prue says, Bo, my sister gets visions too. And she had one of you getting shot. We're here to help you. And Cole says, and help her. Then he pulls a knife from his belt and says it's a trick and that Sutter sent them. And Isabel says, no, they stood up to Sutter. You should have seen it. And then he tells them to go again. And Cole says, we're not going anywhere. And Bo says, I know that look. Sutter's got it too. You're evil. I can sense it. And Prue says, all right, then just look at me. You can't say the same thing about me, can you? And Bo says, Bo, this isn't just about you, all right? My sister will die too. This whole town will if you don't let us help you. Then Isabel tells him about the curse and says that their dad used to talk about ones like that. And Prue and Cole look at each other. And Prue says, if we show you that we have gifts too, will you trust us then? And then he looks at them. And Prue's like, show him. Cole's like, show him what? She's like, your gift. Show him your gift. And then Cole shimmers in and out, and Isabel smiles, and Bill looks shocked. So this was kind of what I was talking about, where they mentioned that the curse comes from um, kind of, like, Bo's father's people. Okay, like, I mean, I don't know that it says that it's coming from them, really. I think they make a more direct reference later, but here they're saying, like, that their dad used to talk about those types of curses, so it's part of their, like, cultural traditions, I think, is kind of what we're supposed to get from it. Right, but is that, what's wrong with that? It's not wrong if someone native was writing it and creating the story, but you can't just take stories from other people's cultures and represent it however you want to. Like, you can't take a tradition and change it in your own way. Like, I don't know how much research and how much actual, like, because they're not mentioning a specific culture. They're not 
doing something that shows me that like, oh, we looked up this specific group of Native American people from this area who have this belief about this. They're just saying like, oh, he's like Native and Native people are magical. And like, so they have this idea of curses and they're going to curse the white people who did bad to them. I don't know. It did not come across to me like that. I don't think it's they're saying that they cursed them. I think they're saying like the curse happened based off of what happens here in the town that's what we find out later is like that's where the curse came from that's where the time loop came from not from those people it's pretty much just saying like oh like we've heard of such things we believe that curses do exist like that's how it came across to me i read it more as like it was very specifically because this injustice was done to Bo. yeah i guess that's true but it felt like like i thought of it like not someone cursing him like it just brought upon the curse like that did happen you know I don't I mean I guess I see what you're saying I just like I didn't I didn't think of it that way it didn't come across to me like that and I'm not saying that like people can never tell stories from outside of their culture because I don't think that I just think that like there needs to be specifics that show that you know what you're talking about and you're not just like using it because you think it's fun okay yeah fair enough yeah I get that yeah, and, like, bringing in literally someone from the culture is the very minimum you can do to, like, make that mm-hmm. work. That's true. But aside from that... I like the symbolism here, because we've been seeing the crow all episode, who's the, the symbol of the curse, and then we're seeing the dove, who's the symbol of innocence, right, with Bo. With Bo, and yeah, exactly. So I like, like, him not really trusting them at first and thinking Sutter sent them. And then that little moment of, like, oh, I see in your eyes that you're evil. Mm-hmm. And, like, ouch. And uh, when he's, she's like, okay, but look at me. And obviously he's not going to see that with her. So. Yeah, no, this is a really well done scene. Um, I love the back and forth. Again, it's one of those scenes that uses a lot of characters and uses them really well. Exactly. It feels really natural, really well done. And again, this is another really beautiful scene with the stained glass and the way they walk in. And mm-hmm. Just gorgeous. really gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Again, props to Shannon Darty. Beautiful shots. Oh, yeah. So then we're at Sutter's place and he's at a table just like whipping bottles. <laughs> For whatever reason, I mean, that's how I spend my spare time, too, actually, so normal. Yeah. Um. Then his guys all walk in and say that they couldn't find Bo, and he gets up, and they're all, like, looking at the ground, and he starts, like, going off. He's like, listen to me, and you listen real good. Bo's giving the townsfolks ideas, and I don't want them getting ideas. And one of the guys is like, no one knows where he's at, and if they do, they ain't talking. And he says, well, you make them talk. This town is mine, and it's gonna stay mine. When that railroad comes through and mark my words, it will, I'm selling this land and that land is going to be worth more than you three are capable of imagining. And then the door opens and Cal walks in and tells Sutter that he knows where Bo is hiding. So he is a rat. Dun, dun, dun. We called it. Bo's a rat. I mean, Bo. Cal's a rat. (laughs) Ratted on Bo. I can't sutter all high drama too but it works for me. like he kills it it does because it's like a western episode so yeah. like the really high drama again impersonating the genre and kind of using tropes really works yeah like the guy playing him does a really good job here and it's really really entertaining to it see is definitely fun to watch because i'm like sutter you dramatic bitch but also i love everybody i know but i'm living for every <laughs> second of this 
So back at the old church, Prue takes off her gloves and tells Bo that they need to get the bullet out. And then she walks closer and kneels beside him and tells him that it will hurt. And then she removes the bandage and she uses her power to get the bullet out. And when she does, him and Phoebe share a premonition like during the pain. And in the premonition, Sutter is whipping him and all the townspeople are there and just watch or look away except for Isabel, who's being held back by one of Sutter's guys. Then Sutter shoots him, and no one does anything, and then lightning strikes, and then Phoebe screams like they come out of the premonition, and Phoebe screams, and then Bo looks at Prue and Cole and tells them that he believes them now. So the whole premonition thing did work. Yes, and I feel like, you know, this is just establishing the link, them seeing what's going to happen and having to figure it out. Super fucked up that all the townspeople are literally just watching this happen, which yeah. is obviously the great injustice that triggered the curse. Exactly. Yes. So I'm looking forward to see how that continues and if they're able to change that. Yes. And I also love seeing the softness of Prue and the way that she deals with Bo in this scene yeah. and helps him by removing right. the bullet. Yeah, no, it was very sweet. <laughs> So then we're in the manor in the living room and Phoebe's sitting up on the couch screaming and freaking out and everyone's surrounding her. Piper sits across from her and is like holding her arm and telling her she's okay. Phoebe says that she saw what they're going to do to Bo and it was horrible. Leo says, you think he saw it too? She says, I know he did. I felt it. No one did anything. They didn't help him. Nobody did anything. And Victor asks what they do now. Leo says, there's nothing else we can do, but wait, it's up to Prue and Cole. He's like, and you call yourself their guardian angel? What the hell good is a white lighter if all you can do is stand there and watch my daughter die? Not wrong. Yeah. And Phoebe says, dad, please don't. Piper says, you're not helping. And Victor says, and he is? Why don't you do something? Isn't that your job? The sass. Leo's like, you know, I am doing something. I am trusting your other daughter, Prue. I know that you feel helpless. We all do. But Prue is not going to let Phoebe die. And neither is Cole. And Victor's like, oh, so now I'm supposed to trust a demon? And Leo says, as much as I hate to say this, Cole loves Phoebe. He took a huge risk to come here and try and prove himself to her. And he will do whatever it takes to save her life. And Phoebe says, he's right. Victor says, how can you be so sure? And Phoebe says... Because he loves me as much as I love him. Ah, oh, my heart. I, I like I can't even fathom this. No, it's too much for my soul right now. Like I feel like we knew it. It was very clear that we were talking all last episode. Phoebe's not over Cole. Phoebe's not over. I Cole. know, but now There's... it's like really being admitted and her saying it and just being open. Like, oh, he loves me as much as I love him. Like, yeah. And even Leo defending it, like, as much as I hate this, this is the case. He's not going to let Phoebe die. Yeah. Right. And Victor going off on a little spiel, like, calm the fuck down. Yeah. Like, I get it. Phoebe's dying. He's yeah, freaking he's out. scared. But also, like, you know, he's, there's not much he can do. Like, Victor, you can't do anything either. Yeah. And it's also one of those moments where I want to be like, Victor, you're never around. And now all of a sudden you have all these comments about how they run things. Right. Like, it's come like, on, where were you for the rest of the show? Literally. Right. But, but I think was... everyone's behavior is understandable and it makes the scene entertaining. Like, I love to watch it. Definitely does. So now back in the ghost town, 
the boys and Cal are riding through town and some intense music is playing in the back. So Western. So old Western. And then we go to the old church and we see Prue is practicing rolling a gun on her arm for some reason. Yeah, like I I always just take guns and like roll them on my arm to like put the bullets in normal. So weird. And then Isabel's like, you learn fast. And she's like, thanks, I have a few gifts too. And then through the window, Cole sees the boys approaching and tells them that they need to get Bo out. And he says that someone must have followed them and says that he could shimmer Bo to Leo and then come back for Prue and Isabel. Then Prue says no. And he's like, what do you mean no? He dies, Phoebe dies. And she's like, taking Bo out of here will not break the time loop. And he's like, but it'll save Phoebe. And she's like, well, there's more than just Phoebe's life on the line here, Cole. We have to break this curse by sundown. Otherwise, the this entire town is doomed to repeat the same day over and over again. And Cole says, are you seriously telling me you're willing to sacrifice your sister's life for a town full of cowards? And she says, what I'm saying to you is that there's a greater good at stake here. One that I can't just walk away from. And one that you shouldn't walk away from if you truly expect to be good. So I love this here. Because Cole, it's kind of true. Like, it's not just about Phoebe anymore, especially not for Prue. Like, you know, this is what we do. We we put our lives at risk to save other people. It is what it is. And Phoebe would do the same exact thing. Yeah, because we've seen the sisters learn the lesson that being a force of good isn't just protecting the people you love. It's mm-hmm. protecting anyone who needs your help. Right. All the innocents. Exactly. Which is what they're doing. And Cole only sees it as like, uh, we're just trying to save Phoebe. Like, who fucking cares about these guys, you know? Yeah, because the truth is, and maybe he'll get there eventually, Cole isn't good. Cole wants to be good because Cole wants to be with Phoebe. His motivations, like they've always been, are selfish. Exactly. But the protectiveness and the love is driving him to want to be good. And I think it's something that maybe he can accomplish. And I'm interested in seeing how and if he does. Agreed. I'm definitely looking forward to that um, and wondering what's going to happen with him. How he can finally cross that line and start to see, like, a good person would if that ends up happening you know yeah and kind of this like ability where he can maybe learn from the sisters and the way they operate exactly and like it doesn't always need to be baby teaching him the lesson like here it's very much Prue trying to explain to him like if you want to be good this is what we do exactly because like she said it's not just about saving Bo; it's about saving the entire town to break the time loop yep it's about everyone now mm-hmm So they hear a gun cock outside and a man says that they know Bo is in there and to come out. Cole says, all right, how do we break the curse? Prue says, I don't know, but I do know it hinges on keeping Bo alive. Then Bo gets up and starts walking toward them. He says, no, it doesn't. The curse isn't about me or about Sutter. It's about them. The townspeople who stood there and watched me die. The only way is for me to give myself up. And Isabel tries to stop him, and he tells her to have faith. Cole says, they'll kill you. Bo says, maybe. This curse came from my father's people, direct quote. I understand that now. It's meant to heal, to teach the townspeople to act without shame. I have to give them that chance. Prue says, helping them to save you saves themselves. And he nods. Oh, I never noticed that before. You're right. Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. 
But um, this scene really works for me. I think we see a lot of strength in Bo's character. And again, we see him as this great force of good being willing to sacrifice himself to save the town. Exactly. I, I definitely agree. Him doing that is what is what's the only thing that's going to make this curse go away. The only way to save everybody and he acknowledges like it's not about me you know he doesn't have those selfish motivations exactly and we see the way that isabel the same way we've seen the sisters all fighting for each other when one of them is in danger or has to commit some type of sacrifice not wanting it to happen but ultimately letting her brother make the decision exactly which is exactly what isabel just did and exactly what the sisters have to do uh over and over again you know Mm -hmm. so it's a pretty nice comparison there yes And then outside of the church, the doors open and it's all high drama and Bo walks out slowly and then doves start flying out ahead of them and he puts his hands up and wistful music is playing in the background. So just another really like beautiful, really dramatic scene. That works so well. Like, I, it's so tacky, but I, it, I'm i loving it. So yeah, much. no, I was like, I love this. Yeah, this one. And again, it only works because this is such a genre episode. Exactly. That's definitely why. So then we're in the ghost town, like in the main area, and we see the boys all ride in with intense music playing. And we see Bo being dragged by one of the horses. Super yikes, because like, this is something that happened in history to people of color by white people and it's just sick to watch yeah it's not good so then the bartender and cal look upset by this but everyone else is literally just like looking like not giving a fuck and sutter walks over and the boys like bring Bo towards him and we see that he's tied up and then uh sutter cuts like the long rope around him and leaves just his hands tied And he says to everybody, I want y'all to see what happens when people cross me. So he kicks Bo and we see Bo fall to his knees. And then Isabel, Prue, and Cole all arrive on their horses. And Isabel starts to run over to Bo, but Prue stops her and says that he knows what he's doing. We see Bo get up and Sutter whips him and people are just watching as he keeps doing it. Then we cut quickly to the manor where Phoebe is sitting up on the couch and screaming as she feels him getting whipped. Feels every single whip that's happening to him. Yeah. That's a rough scene, watching him get dragged like that and be set up like that. Like, that's, it's, because those things really did happen in history. So the idea of someone going through that and, like, being treated with just absolutely no humanity is, it's really sad to see. But it works so well here. Like, it puts on such a strong performance, you know? Yes. The scene's really well done. I mean, the images are disturbing. The concept is disturbing. But it is, again, like you were saying, things that happened in the history of this country. Which is interesting because I think a lot of what you see in actual Westerns portrays the Native people as the bad guys and the cowboys as, like, these heroes. So I like that this episode does take that more historically accurate stance of having injustices done on to Native American people mm-hmm. by white people in exactly. power. Right. Of course. So in the ghost town, Sutter keeps hitting Bo, who just keeps taking it very silently. And Sutter says, what's the matter, boy? You too stupid to scream? And hits him really hard again. And Bo falls to his knees, but remains steady and gets up. And then it cuts to Phoebe 
feeling this. And then back to Bo, and Isabel walks a little closer, crying, and then Bo gets up again, and Sutter says, I want you to beg for mercy. And he hits him again, and Phoebe cuts to Phoebe, like, sobbing. And then Prue turns to the people and says, what are you people doing? Look at him. He has the courage to fight Sutter for all of you. You can't just stand there and watch him die. You have to do something. You can take him down. And Cole says, Sutter can't take all of you out. You need to do what's right. And then Sutter hits, you know, just keeps hitting Bo. And Prue's like, you can't just stand here and let this happen. Stand up to him. Don't be scared. And then the whip cracks again. And Bo looks over at Prue and Cole standing together. And Isabel is crying and watches as Sutter knocks Bo back to his knees. And people are still just looking at Bo. I mean, at this point, people are starting to look a little concerned. But Sutter's like, nobody crosses me. And he pulls out a gun and aims it at Bo. And then Isabel covers her eyes and somebody shoots the gun out of uh, Sutter's hand. He looks shocked and pissed. And we look and see that it was the bartender. And he says, I think you just ought to leave Bo alone, Sutter. And then Bo smiles, and Sutter says, you just signed your own death certificate. Then Cal pulls out his own gun and aims it at Sutter, and says, you want to kill Bo, you're going to have to kill me too. Even though Cal was the one that... <laughs> and then more people start pulling out their guns and saying that they're all together, and Sutter picks up his gun and grabs Isabel, pointing the gun at her, and saying that he'll kill her. And then Cole says to Prue, now can we do something? And Prue's like, oh yeah. And she turns to get on a horse as Sutter knocks Isabel to the ground and he gets on a horse as well and starts riding off as people help Isabel and Bo. But Prue follows him with her gun drawn and she shoots and he falls off the horse and he's running towards the sheriff's office and she shoots him and she gets down from the horse and throws him through the window and Bo and Isabel run over and she says, I don't think Sutter's going to be a problem anymore. And they're like, what about the curse? And... Prue says, it's a beautiful sunset, isn't it? I don't think there's been one quite like it in 128 years. And they all smile, and then they hear a gunshot. Okay. So, did Prue just kill, kill a, human? a human? I know, I was thinking the same thing. Like, she really just killed... I mean, I know he was a bad guy, but she just killed he a human. wasn't a demon. I know. Or, like, are we supposed to believe... Because, like, she did kind of shoot him in the side, but, like... They don't really have medicine to save him, so, like, he's probably gonna die. How's Bo gonna survive? Well, like, they used magic to, like, take his bullet out and put, like, bandages, so he'll heal, I guess. Oh. But, like, yeah. Yeah, no, I guess she did just kill a human. Or I guess she, like, kind of knocked him to the ground from the side and then just kind of threw him in the window, but, I I mean... But, like, a human's not gonna survive that, either. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) So... There there was possibly a murder here. Yeah. Oh, I guess uh weren't you just telling Cole that you guys don't Yeah, we don't kill? do that. Exactly. No matter who, how bad. I mean Yikes. I need to take a page out of your own book there, Pearl. No, literally. Um, but other than that, I think the scene is pretty strong. Yeah, definitely. Um, really well done seeing the way the townspeople do stand up with Prue's and Cole's help mm-hmm. um, was really interesting. We see Cole actually taking on that kind of good role to yeah, help the people get more convinced. motivated. Yeah. yeah, Not be cowards about this situation and actually stand up to Sutter. And Bo being so like strong the way he was taking all of this. And that's 
so painful, like so difficult. And even through all of that, he had faith in the townspeople to the end. And then when that happened, he, his like immediate smile of like, good, they did it. Like they did what they needed to do. Like he was just so happy no matter what he had gone through you know it just shows that he's such a good person and it changes the the townspeople you know like now they know not to let these things happen anymore and to fight together and come together like I I love it I think it worked out so beautifully to me yeah and it's such a beautiful metaphor for how to defeat like this bad leader right when the people stand together one person can't overpower you all exactly and it never had anything to do with magic like this was a real way to you know uh to defeat the problem without using any magic yes which is why i really don't like through using magic to throw him through the window at the end yeah because i feel like it kind of takes away from that whole we used our humanity and our exactly i think i think so too it definitely caught me a little bit off guard but I guess they were just looking for some sort of way to wrap up Sutter's storyline. Yeah, and I guess get him out of the picture so they could have that final moment exactly. between Rubo and Isabel. Mm-hmm. Which was cute. I enjoyed that. Definitely. So then we're inside the saloon and Cole and the guy from before are in the middle of a shootout. Cole runs out of bullets and the guy calls him out for this. So he stands up and the guy laughs and says, I'm going to enjoy this. See you in hell. And Cole stands with his hands on his hips and is like, been there, done that. And the guy draws his gun. And as he's about to shoot, Cole throws an electricity ball at him. And the guy like lights on fire and blows up. And Cole starts laughing like the most ridiculous laugh I've ever heard in my entire life. Cracking up, dude. And then Prue walks in and sees this. And he looks sad. She says, like I said, once a demon, always a demon. And she walks out and... He throws his hat on the floor and then walks out too. Yeah, he was not happy about that. Prue, didn't you literally just kill a human five minutes ago too? I know. And like you also use magic? Yeah, like you also use your magic to do that. Though, I mean, Cole did say he was never going to use his power again. Right, and she was, he was cracking up about it. Like that was- Like if he shot the guy, maybe it would have been fine. Right, but it was more like he, it was like he enjoyed it. Yeah. Because I think that's the issue. Like, Prue didn't do it and then, like, was, like, so happy about it. Right. Like, Cole's like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, like, didn't give a single shit. Yeah. But I do like that moment at the end. Like, Julian McMahon is such a strong actor. The way he he kind of, like, does that switch from, like, being so entertained to, like, so sad. Yeah, and, like, disappointed in the way. But I don't think he's even disappointed himself. I think he's just sad that Prue saw saw that. Yeah. Could very well be the case as well. Because, I mean, winning over Prue is part of getting Phoebe back. For sure. And he knows that. He's not stupid. Yeah, he's well aware. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this little moment of him feeling like that, it was definitely worked for me. Yeah. So, now we move to the final scene of the episode, and it's nighttime, and we're in the manor. And we see Phoebe and Victor are standing together with his arm around her, and she looks, you know, all better. And then Piper and Leo are across from them, and Victor asks where Cole and Prue are. Leo's worried that they didn't make it out, and Piper tells him not to even think that. And that's when they shimmer in, and his arm is around her, and she says, ew, and takes it off. And then Victor asks what took so long, and Cole says they had some loose ends to tie up. And Prue asks Phoebe if she's okay. 
And she says, I'm great. Thank you. Well, Both thank you. of you. And then Prue looks at Cole and then looks down. And Leo asks about the time loop. And Prue says, broken. They'll never have to live that horror again. And Victor says, so then where are they? And she's like, I don't know. Probably living out their lives in a parallel plane, I guess. And Leo's like, don't think about it too much, Victor. It'll just give you a headache. And honestly, same. <laughs> and then Piper asks if they're up for the rehearsal dinner. And Cole says that he should get going. Then Prue says that's probably a good idea. But Phoebe walks over to him and says, you're not going anywhere. He says, Phoebe, I don't want to cause any trouble. And she kisses him very passionately, like in front of the whole family and everything. And everyone like looks really uncomfortable, but whatever. And then she smiles at him. And says, you're staying, and that's that. And then Piper's like, all right then, shall we? And they all head to the dining room, and the crow lands on their windowsill. And that was the end of that. Yeah, so the crow, again. Yeah, it's just no, like, it's no pretty, crow. it's cute, but I also am like... Yeah, I don't understand the purpose of like, it. Like, are really. they going to go into a time loop? Why is he there? I know, like, where did the what's the symbolism here? I guess you're right. I forgot that he shows up again at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't make too much sense. But I'm so happy. I mean, probably not a good thing, but I love that everybody just like accepted it and was like, well, nothing we can do is what Phoebe wants. Yeah. And then like all have to have dinner with this demon. Like, <laughs> like it's so funny to think about it like that, but nobody, everybody's just like, oh, okay. Does that feel like my birthday dinner? Oh my God. Okay. We're all just like, oh, I guess this is happening. <laughs> Loki really does. <laughs> but yeah no i i love that and even there he was like oh i i probably shouldn't you know and then he she kisses him and is like no i want you to stay like that is yeah, so but cute. also way too passionate of a kiss when your entire family's i know right like there. your dad's watching you Gross. i can't imagine like maybe a peck or something but i couldn't imagine doing like a full-on makeout in front of dad like that's like such a weird do thing. in front of like any you guys or relative anything. or like honestly anybody at all like I don't want to make out with someone in front of other people yeah I get that I mean I I don't care about that as much but definitely in front of like family where it's like a little weird <laughs> and a little uncomfortable and everybody looked a little bit like uh like, yeah um, when they look away <laughs> I also give a lot of props to Prue here for not saying anything about mm -hmm. what he did and kind of like letting Phoebe make the decision um, because I think at the end of the day, like, no matter what Prue's opinion is, it is Phoebe's decision to make. And I think she is kind of recognizing it by not saying anything here, even though at first she's kind of like, well, you should go. Right, exactly. She didn't let it get further than that. Yeah. Yeah. I respect that about her. Overall thoughts? I think this was a really good episode. Um, one of my favorites. Yeah. Like, I went into it knowing this was going to be one of my favorites. I still feel that way. Mm -hmm. We get the idea here that Cole wants to try to be good, which I mean was starting to be established last episode, but we definitely saw him trying to act on it in this right. episode, which was interesting. So I'm excited to see if that's going to be a continuing plot line. No spoilers, but I think it is. Me too, especially now that Phoebe, like, they're, I mean, they're back together, I guess, right? Like, they're, yeah. I guess that's kind of where we're leaving off at. And I'm kind of excited to see how this dynamic works between not only him and Phoebe, but him and the rest of the family. Or is there going to be issues with Phoebe because of this? Like, issues with other demons is, you know, like, I 
I have so many questions and I'm so looking forward to it. And I feel like we ended on such a good note after such a strong episode where Cole and Prue were like the main ones that had to work together. And that's always been like the big issue, you know, mm-hmm. again, like I said, one of my favorites too. I love the whole genre of it. I think we had very little negative things to say about it. It was a very strong episode overall. And um, obviously, you know, the whole Victor and Leo of it, I kind of love that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then still at the end of the day, everybody just coming together. I thought this was a phenomenal episode. I, I've always loved it so much. Yeah, me too. And I mean, leaving off the with the rehearsal dinner kind of gives me the hint that the next episode could be a wedding. It could be their wedding. That could be happening. Yeah. I'm very excited. Me too. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. Or you can send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Also, if you would like to subscribe to our Patreon, we have several monthly tiers available at patreon.com slash rewitchedpodcast. Either way, we appreciate you listening and hope you'll join us back next time for season three, episode 15, Just Harried.